furry paw fetish. We talked about that today. We're talking about furries. I was saying I'm a. He's a cat man. I was saying I have a cat spirit. Is that your fursona? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I'm just saying I identify as a cat. And she's like, that's like a furry. And I'm like, no, I don't dress up. I don't feel, I'm not sort of fetish. <laughs> it's like an actually what I am. She's like, no, that's like you're, you're basically a, uh, a furry. And I'm like, no, I'm not a furry. So, it's different. Like so you're a furry. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't explain this to you. <laughs> I don't know how to express this. Okay. Can't wait to see your fursuit, Patrick. It's going to be great. My what? My, My fursuit? fursuit? Yeah. yeah, I've got... I've been working on it. Does She actually got us her sewing machine out, and that's what she's working on, my fursuit. Is your fursuit? <laughs> she hasn't told me what it's going to be yet. Oh, but, I can't uh, wait. No, it's... Anyway, Jordan, thank Hi. you for coming to my apartment. Um, we... I, I wanted to talk about... I didn't know how... I don't know how I'm going to release this or what I'm going to do exactly, but... Um, I wanted to take a break from the normal topics that i discuss which tend to be very i think oftentimes pretty serious in its uh, presentation but i wanted to talk just about my favorite band my favorite music project yeah. ever and something that you have i guess you've listened to all their albums up to the most recent release I'm talking about death grips yes and it's just this is totally self-indulgent this is just me wanting to just nerd out on my favorite thing and and you obviously seem to enjoy them quite a bit as well Mm -hmm. and so you're i mean you're a music producer and you're a musician and you're doing a lot of things i think culturally in the city that we live in trying to make live music a thing here which it isn't as much as it should be so you're doing a lot of different things and i think you have just a natural curiosity when it comes to interesting music and the sounds that come out of modern music in particular and death grips i think is one of the stranger and more interesting projects I think that have, that has come out in a long time. So anyway, they just released their most recent album year of the snitch, which is I think one of their weirdest albums. Yes. But I still really liked it a lot. Do you want to go right into talking? About I don't the know. Album? Yeah. Let's talk about, let's just talk about the year of the snitch and then we could fit it into the context of their whole discography. Cause I mean, they, they're a band that started, I think in 2011, mm-hmm. I think their first EP came out in 2011 and their first mixtape album came out in 2011 or yeah, 2011. And then, and then the money store and all that. And then in, just from there, you know, that's the death grips legend, you know, Spirals. just, but anyway, you're the snitch. I mean, it's only like 39 or 40 minutes long. Yeah. Well, right it's after powers short. that be, or I guess, um, Bottomless Pit was Bottomless like 40 Pit. minutes, and then yeah. Powers That Beat was like an hour. So I don't know, it felt brisk. Yeah. It felt like it was really quick. And it's it feels a bit, um, I want to say manic depressive. Bipolar maybe is a better word. It feels like you're getting you're getting all the... I think what's great about Death Grips is that when they get to... The, when they release a new album, you not only get to see how their sound has progressed, because they're always experimenting, I think, but I think a lot of times you can sense that they're incorporating everything that they've cultivated up to that point. And I guess every band does this too. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes bands make either the mistake or it could be a really successful um, experiment where they do something they've never done before and it can oftentimes fail them because totally. they, cause like, they're so good at one thing and they don't know how to do another thing and they think that they can make a whole album based on that new thing and you're just like, okay, you need to like step back. Exactly. But Death Grips is weird and wild and they will take those new routes but somehow they bring all their old sounds with them Mm -hmm. and remix them and so you're the snitch i think is the epitome of them taking all the things that they've done that's been so good up to this point and then they've um 
made it weirder somehow. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> well, that's funny because um, what you just described is how I felt about Bottomless Pit minus the weirder part. But I felt mm-hmm. like Bottomless Pit was such an amazing, it was kind of like the money store too in my mind where it was yeah. just this this whole distillation of all their influences and experimentation that they did. And they made like a really succinct pop version of it where it was just like right. the, the the most important elements of everything they had done so far in one album which is why that one was my favorite one mm-hmm. and it felt like yeah year of the snitch they kept kind of moving in that direction of just taking everything they've learned and running with it but there was a distinct weirdness to it i think I, i've always described death grips as aggressive and um out of the box and definitely very strange but I feel like weird is a more playful word, and I would have described any of their last albums as necessarily weird as much mm-hmm. as it was just strange. Mm-hmm. But this is a weird, fun album. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like uh, every song... Like, it's interesting, because you'll go from... Uh, I'm trying to think of the first... Oh, the first song is um, Death Grips is Online, which is, by the way, a reference. And this is the fun thing about Death Grips, is it's not just the music they make, but they're their relationship or even maybe you could say anti-relationship they have with their fan base because they they it's like they care enough to put enough out there to generate hype i guess you could say about their upcoming projects so they did a thing where they put like i think they posted this on twitter or something but like death grips is online and then that immediately became like a a meme uh, just automatically yeah and then they retweeted every time someone put death grips is online or whatever is online they just retweeted it automatically it's almost like they had a bot retweet everything every, that had that phrase so thousands of people are tweeting this and they're just retweeting it you know and um and then finally then the album comes out and their first album the first song is called death grips is online yeah which is this really like actually is really addictive that's the song that i actually come back to almost more than any other song on their album mm-hmm. that album is because it's just so easy to get into because i think especially when you get into some of their songs like say flies flies is weird Fla- that track threw me off yeah it's um it's good but it's like you, you almost can't enjoy it mm-hmm. you know it's like the thing about death grips is it's like you can't even always enjoy it but you can definitely appreciate it exactly well the weird thing about yeah. death grips is that i remember I, you've you've grown up listening to death grips i mean when did you start was it right when they were doing stuff well actually or was i think it- i first actually the, i mean Anthony Fantano of the Needle Drop, of course. I think I, I somehow I came across him, and then he, at that point, the only album he had given a perfect ten was the Money Store. Yeah. He had he has had now several um, perfect tens, like four I think at this point. But the very first one he ever gave a ten was the Money Store, and he had this long, like almost like I think twenty minute review of yeah. that album explaining, like, okay, you're gonna you're gonna hear this, and it's gonna sound really abrasive, and you're not gonna get it right away. But trust me, this is a piece of art. Yeah. Like, this is so good that I'm giving it a 10, you know? And so, yeah, so I came across that, and I was like, okay, what is the deal with this? And and then at that point, it was actually, I think it was at the end of 2012 or 2013, because in the year 2012, they released two albums. They released The Money Store and then No Love Deep Web. Yeah. And No Love Deep Web generated a lot of controversy, because like you mentioned, um, so they had their first mixtape in 2011, I think, was Ex Military. Really fun, more of like a straight up hip-hop album I mean, it's hardcore but it's a straight up very very sample driven with a mm-hmm. lot of yelling like it just felt like it was this crazy mismatch of mm-hmm. what you'd expect from a hip-hop album yeah. but the mc was just at the time no one knew who he was mc ride yeah yeah and it was just he was so strange in how he was just shouting his guts out the whole time it was like this really this unique bellowing 
the vocals that he has are so unique and that's what makes it so exciting and fun to listen is because you want to see how how he challenges that um but yeah it's a very aggressive album of course and then you get into the money store which is a really i think next to the next to bottomless pit is one of their most accessible albums which is still saying it's difficult for some people to get because i mean people were calling that album difficult to listen to and i'm like you have no idea what they were gonna pull later on so they released that and they released all this critical acclaim Mm -hmm. like people were like excited and then they had a record deal with epic or something yeah maybe it was an epic one of these major labels and they had a contract with them and apparently they leaked all the emails that they had with the studio showing how the studio was kind of fucking them over. Yeah. And they decided that, because they wanted, they said, we're going to release two albums this year. And they're like, no, we need to go on tour because that's a part of the deal. And they're like, no, we're going to release our second, you know, album this year. So they just did it. Yeah. And of they course, just put it on the And internet. the album cover is of, I think, Zach Hill's erect penis, who's the drummer <laughs> with the name scrawled on it in, in Sharpie. Sharpie. Just no love deep web written on this dick. And that was it. Like, you know, big fuck you to the whole thing. And like, we're just going to do our own thing. You know, we're not going to. And that album in particular goes in it just like they do a lot of times. I think they'll explore this territory and say, okay, that was good. But let's do something completely out of left field, which I think No Love Deep Web Web was compared to Money Store, the Money Mm -hmm. Store, because that one, they scale back the instrumentals. They scale back that element of them. And it's all most of the focus is on MC Ride's vocals. Yeah, and which if, is really cool. And like your little, your short reviews that you've been giving of each album has been like, you feel like you're trapped in a room with him, which is exactly, I think, is what it is. It mm-hmm. feels like you're stuck in a room with a paranoid schizophrenic psychopath <laughs> Yeah, who can rap and like yell at you and it scares the shit out of you, you oh, know? yeah. I love it. Anyway, yeah. So they go, I love that dynamic of them, of them not giving you what you expect mm-hmm. ever, in my opinion. I think like with You're the Snitch, people are like, this isn't what I wanted, but this is kind of what I needed. Totally. <laughs> well, like, because so. something I was, I was asking about was uh, you've gotten to see that progression. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Out and experiencing yeah. that. Yeah, that was the question. Sorry, I got excited. No, 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 no. That you, you basically expressed it, but it was... it was. Um, yeah, so 2013, so it's been, what's 2018 now, so it's been about six years or so since I started listening to them. So I caught up with the, you know, ex-military and money store and then no love deep web. And then I was, you know, there for when their next projects were being released. Like I think government plates was their next album they released. And, um, and then the excitement of that, like in in every album, because of that moment that it came out in my life, it reminds me of where I was at at that particular point in my life. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Which I guess is what music does, right? I mean, it's like comes out in a particular time and place in your life and, that's what makes it significant to you. Even if it's music you don't really like anymore, you might hear it again and be like, like, you know, like I listened to Blink-182 when I was a teenager because that was the thing. Yeah. Now I think about that and I'm like, oh yeah, I was on that snowboarding trip and we were all listening to that, you know, or, you know, that's basically what Death Grips does for me now. But um, anyway, I don't know. I don't know what, so in your opinion and you, because you've done something that I didn't do, which is you've listened to all of them one right after the other chronologically from the mm-hmm. first to the most recent you know, what was your general sense as a musician, like of what they, what the progression of their sound was and what they were exploring with each album? Like, what was your take on that journey? Totally. Uh, well, what I was excited about was I got into, into Death Grips right after Money Store or right after uh, Bottomless Pit came out. Yeah. So more recent. I was just, I basically just had a pile of albums that were kind of at my disposal. And this was the first album that was like no one knew what it was going to sound like i I got to discover the new death curse album with everybody else Mm -hmm. so 
um, getting to go back and listen to all their albums, especially because I hadn't heard most of them all the way through, it was really, really interesting. Because I remember uh, the first time I listened to Death Grips, I didn't get it. Yeah. I think it's a pretty common experience. Oh, no, like, what the fuck yeah. is this? Yeah, yeah. I heard Get Got, and I liked it at first, but the deeper I got into the album, more I was like, I don't... <laughs> I, I, nothing was clicking. Like, there was no yeah. groove to it. I was very, very confused as to how to listen to it and how to enjoy it. And I think there was a moment where... I would pick certain songs that I really liked. I really loved, um, oh shoot, I just forgot the name of it. It's off of No Love Deep Web. It's the, the uh, beat down madness, chaos oh, yeah, in yeah. brain, um, that one. Come up and get me or something. I think that one's just No Love. I think that's. Maybe, I, I can't remember. I could. I should probably just pull up their track. I was just thinking the same thing. I'm trying to think of this from memory, but I know if I look at it, it is No Love. Um, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Track, that track was cool. I was like, oh, this is like. It's, yeah. It's got a steady stomp to it. And same with Guillotine. Like, Guillotine, I think, was approachable because it was weird, but it was skeletal and it had a groove. And some of the other mm-hmm. songs off of Money Store at first, I wasn't able to pick up, like, how to bob my head to the music, which sounds very basic, yeah. but being able to find a way to lock into it, I remember there was a there was a moment where it clicked. I I had been listening to Death Grips for a year, and it was like I suddenly got it. I was like, oh, I think I I figured out how to groove with this music, and I figured out what the point was, which I think I was talking to you, and you expressed it where it it made sense in my head where you're getting into the the mind of an insane person, mm-hmm. and so yeah. I went back and listened to the Money Store again for the first time at that time. And it was, it was like a revelation. I was like, holy shit, this is so cool. This is yeah. a weird, all of the hooks especially. Mm-hmm. Like, even amongst all the chaos of that album, there's just all of this incredible um, earworm, lyrical or musical elements to it. Yep. Every song just has either this amazing instrumental track that just works, or even just MC Ride screaming all kinds of different things. That's the thing that blows my mind the most about them, is that they're not, they're very rarely melodic with what they do with their mm-hmm. vocal work but it always sticks in your head almost every single song just yeah. has like a hook where you're like holy shit this works too like i'll just be doing things and i'll be like hey, hey! just like yeah just scream <laughs> just like what, what the fuck's wrong with you I'm, like, just, I don't I'm know. in your area yeah like, just all of these earworms <laughs> yeah things that somehow his voice is really unique too he's not just a screamo hardcore rapper yeah. singer which isn't to discredit people that are doing that um, but his is such a he has such a unique vocal delivery because it, it and the thing is is if you read his lyrics that he's written they do sound like the scribblings and look like the scribblings of a crazy person yeah like somebody who probably read a lot of mythology and politics and a bunch of other like he has because there's a lot of like l- interesting literary and cultural references that are hidden in there um, but it doesn't seem to make any sense and then mm-hmm. when you hear him deliver the vocal delivery. It's not based on the word. It's based on almost it. Even he'll he'll. It sounds like he's stopping in the middle of the sentence. So if you're reading the lyrics yeah. in the middle of that bar, I guess is what the right word. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or just within the stanza, like yeah, the, the stanza. Line. Thank yeah. you. I mean, musical terms are I'm not up to par. But yeah, that stanza. He'll stop in the middle of it and he'll emphasize a particular syllable because of how it sounds when he says yeah. it, not because it makes actual like lyrical sense to do it that way because most people would end the you know emphasize it based on where it fits in the stanza but he just doesn't do that doesn't follow the rules in that Mm -hmm. regard that's why it kind of feels a lot like almost spoken word but if you were to yell it and sing it at the same time or something it doesn't have the the quality that you would expect it to have and so listening to it then reading the lyrics you can kind of decipher some of the the meaning but i think it's purposefully cryptic and um and then you're meant to just kind of enjoy 
So you end up getting things stuck in your head that don't make any sense. And sometimes they do, mm-hmm. but generally the words don't <laughs> correlate with the meaning that you feel from it, exactly. which is interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're, if we're going like through album per album, especially, um, what was interesting about X military is it's exactly that feeling of you, you know, one thing when you listen to it and it's that they're, they're angry about something. Mm-hmm. And when you describe it on very basic terms, it's just a man yelling over the weirdest fucking beats, yep. but it totally works because the, the sampling and the, the instrumentation and the work of the actual tracks are outstanding. I think mm-hmm. that one of the things that makes death grip so good is that the tracks are weird, but they're always very, very fine tuned to be palatable in a way that you can still find something to groove on. Yeah. Like X military especially has, I mean, part of why you can only listen to it on like YouTube is because they sampled so many songs, but they, they didn't clear it. They smashed it in all kinds of weird directions too. Yeah. They didn't clear it. Um, and yeah, they got like Charles Manson in the beginning, oh my God, you know, that was terrifying. Yeah. Uh, they they make reference and actually in reference the new album they have a song called Linda's in custody, which is a really fucking unnerving song. It's almost un- unenjoyable to a point, yeah, because it's like MC Ride and and this is the thing about their production. I think sound wise is that they like they can make his voice be at the front of the song of the sound, but it's still a whisper. Yeah, and it's still not overpowering the instrument instrumentation. It's an interesting. I'm sure oh, from totally. a production point of view, that's interesting. Yeah, having a low, mellow, muted voice over something that's super wild and cacophonous below it, it creates an unsettling effect. And then in that song, in particular, Linda is referencing. Um, I think Linda was the one that snitched on Marilyn, or not Marilyn Manson, Charles Manson, because I think she was a part of the Manson family. Mm. So the references to the Manson family and Charles Manson are kind of sprinkled throughout their discography. Yeah, they have a nihilistic approach, and I think if you do actually examine maybe some, if you want to call it the politics, it's not really the politics, but the maybe the philosophical underpinnings of say Riot's lyrics mm-hmm. is there is a nihilistic. And, and that's why I think they want to generate this sense of dread and fear and anger and rage, because I think that actually embodies the time we're in totally. in a lot of ways. And I think they're maybe reflecting on that and channeling it into their music. And not to say that they actually are nihilist or that they are any of the things that they're, they're representing in their music. Um, but not, and another thing that I think is interesting about lyrics in particular is that Ride comments a lot on his fan base. Mm-hmm. And such with such disdain and hatred. Yeah, like you are idolizing me. Fuck you. Like mm-hmm. go do your own thing. Like why are you? It's this interesting concept because, in fact, I think it was Anthony Fantano that described, especially with the release of um, so they did their double album, uh, the Powers That Be. Yeah. So the first half of that I album. Exactly. What you're gonna say. I was yeah. gonna mention it too. Yeah. The first half of that album, they just dropped because they did that a couple times where they just released. They never tell anybody. They might have released a single and just never give any information out about it. And then they just dropped it. So the first half is this, you know, niggas on the moon. It's this weird yeah. thing where they took vocals from Bjork who gave it to them and so they just good. chopped it up and cut it up and make this fucking weird thing out of it. And um, and then they're like, okay, this is the first half of our Powers That Be album, double album. The second half, Jenny Death will be out soon. And they then told everybody, oh, we're breaking up. Because yeah. they said because they they planned a tour with Nine Inch Nails. People don't remember this. Yeah. Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails was pissed off at them because he's like, we had this whole tour planned out and you guys just broke up out of nowhere. Yeah. You wrote, you wrote on a napkin. We're sorry, we reached the end of our project or whatever, and they put a picture of that online. Yeah. And that was their breakup. 
And then they're like, uh, actually, we're still releasing the second half of the album. Actually, we're not broken up. We're still going to release albums. Oh, it's like two albums ago. <laughs> it's just like this BDSM aggressive yes. relationship. Yep, this tension they build with their fan base where they want the fucking, like, they want the release of the album so bad, and then they drop it, and then yeah. there's a release. And then they do the same thing almost over and over again. And I think particularly with that album release, they they do have that BDSM sadomasochistic relationship mm-hmm. where they they like to toy with their fans even whenever we went to the show that we went to last year I, there was a part of me that was like i really hope that they don't cancel this show i know like yeah. you have they that did dread. that they've done it before earlier in their career and i am glad that they moved past this because it would get kind of a, be an old trick if they kept on doing it but they would plan a show and then they wouldn't show up yeah one time they planned a show they had all their music stuff out on the projector behind it they put a, a suicide note that was sent to them by a fan whoa and they didn't they didn't show up so everybody freaked out and started breaking their shit wow <laughs> so, that's amazing <laughs> like i love that like that i don't know that quality is great i mm-hmm. love that part of them that that's it, part of being a death grips fan is is also enjoying and understanding what they're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. by, by how they communicate to their fan base and how they carry themselves like that that whole i think one of the things i like about death grips the most like you said outside of just the music itself is how they are so consistently i don't want to say on brand because it doesn't feel like a brand they're still selling their music it's still something a little more authentic but it's very authentic it's very Mm -hmm. much like they embody what they write about and what they perform wholeheartedly i've never seen a band that doesn't have that that nagging feeling in the back of your head they're like oh but they're still like like a business or there's still mm-hmm. someone pulling the strings. Like they're so in control of their own creativity and their own narrative. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun to be like, whatever they're going to do next is going to be completely from left field with, with their music and with their personalities and their antics. I think it's so much fun. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, uh, I think MC ride. So there's three members of the band. I guess I should say this. There's MC ride and you've got Zach Hill, the drummer. And then you've got, it's called flatlander, Andy flatlander. Morin, who is the, he does the synths and the instrument, like the electronic elements of it. And, um, I think Zach Hill's really the only one that's ever done. Well, okay. So, so they, so Stefan Burnett, the MC ride, he did one interview back in 2012 or something and that's it. And he doesn't have that. They just don't do interviews. hardly. Yeah. And so I remember when I first saw them in Salt Lake city three or so years ago, they didn't have an opener. They made the fans wait a long time and they came out, they didn't say anything. They just started the show. There's no breaks between any of the songs. It was yeah, too... they don't like break character. Be like, thank you guys for coming out. There's no. They just played. They just played, yeah. and then they were done. And they said, thank you, bye. And they just walked off. Yeah, it was it. And it was like you stepped into another dimension when they started playing. And then you got out of that dimension. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like everybody's sweating. <laughs> yeah, everybody's just like you. Like you went through the like this incredible almost like a physical experience of it's almost kind of, I remember whenever I went to the show with you, like it was that same feeling. Everyone was just like super into it. And so the crowd kind of felt like you were in a pit, but more so the, the oppressive nature of the performance where like the first, what, uh, 10 minutes of the show Mm -hmm. was just blacked out dark with like lasers on the microphones and on the drums that, yeah, Yeah. it was weird. It was, uh, it creates an, they create an interesting atmosphere. The first show I went to, it was just red lights so you walk in and it's just normal lighting. And then as soon as they walked on stage, it just turned into this like red. Yeah. And that was it. That was all the lighting they had. And um, yeah, two hours straight and you're just, it's just real. And it's actually really remarkable. Mm-hmm. I imagine 
if you're screaming and yelling and vocalizing like that, and then you have it. Zach Hill playing drums as fast as he plays. If you saw him play, he's insane. Yeah. And um, I never saw him stop moving during his performance. No, his they, whole body's just hunched over the kit. He's so animalistic the way that he's just it's primal yeah it's amazing yeah. i both both yeah with mc ride too he i mean, he must have technique he's got to have something that he's doing where he can do it because i i've heard i watched this thing once where it was a it was a, a classical opera training singer trainer so she trains opera singers and how to you know use your voice correctly yeah and not hurt yourself and she started training hardcore singers punk rock singers people who are screaming because they would get off their shows and they they couldn't go they couldn't finish their tours because they would have serious vocal issues their yeah. vocal cords would become so strained and and so she would teach them how to use your diaphragm correctly how to do all this correctly and it's kind of interesting that and I imagine he has to do something like that because oh, totally. I can't imagine somebody doing that every night or even recording a whole album that way yeah um, well that's what's yeah. so deceptive about them too is that they their music seems like it's it's manic and unorganized, but it's very, very intentional. Zach Hill, production-wise, Flatlander production-wise, it sounds chaotic and all over the place, but there's such complex, intentional sequencing to the way that everything is constructed. Mm-hmm. Same thing with MC Ride. It sounds like at first just a madman just guttural roaring over these beats, but he's very much like he's got technique to how he shouts, and he thinks about what he says and how he says it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the, his phrasing will be so unorthodox but it's also completely unique like you can tell that he really thought about how do i use strange time signatures and odd pronunciation to make this melody work the way i want it yeah yeah well that one song i'm thinking of inanimate sensation mm-hmm. uh off oh, jenny death what a great track and it's just like <laughs> inanimate sensation yeah and it's and just like, weird like you added an extra syllable in there because it made sense too <laughs> i love the build-up of that song it's too just, where it's just and people are like this is annoying what is this <laughs> it's like it's a, so a car it's like a revving engine with people making the sound of a revving engine on top of it which is disconcerting and their music video is really weird and funny because he's wearing like he's at one point where ride has big googly eye glasses yeah. on and <laughs> yeah, that's we're right. like what the fuck is happening yeah no i really like the fact that they do take the music seriously enough that they're not just fucking around with it like they're not going to take risks that aren't going to have a, well i guess sometimes they have but take risks that aren't going to pay off mm-hmm. but they also don't take themselves so seriously as to not understand that you know, like sometimes people take their darkness and their edginess so totally, seriously totally. and like brooding, moody. And they're like, no, we're kind of having fun with it, too. And you get that, you know, that comes across in a lot of their albums, too. I think sometimes, though, maybe they, they don't have that self-reflection, but generally they do. And mm-hmm. I think that's them also maturing as a band, um, I guess you could say, um, like any band would, where they do recognize how kind of funny it is you know they're self-aware and that's something that has kept me coming back to their albums that's something that again since i hadn't listened to their records listening to it back to back and hearing that maturation for sure um they their first album sounded like they're having a lot of fun their second album it seemed like they had a very direct intention of how they wanted the whole mood to feel Mm -hmm. but since then there was this element of playfulness to their music that it always feels like even though they have kind of a particular sound that they're going for, that they also kind of know how to fuck with it in a way where they're enjoying it and almost poking fun at their own style. Like I love mm-hmm. some of the, some of the crazy direct beat switches that they do are just so whiplash and how they'll go from like this fast groove to just slow methodic, like birds. That's a perfect example yeah. of a song that's so like 
over the top, and then it's just this guitar lick, and MC Ride just slowly stepping through these words before just crashing back into it. Yeah, like government plates. As you, I think how you describe government plates because I, I think it's not their, it's not my favorite of their albums, but it's definitely something you saw like after they released No Love Deep Web. They were like deconstructing themselves a bit. Yes. And you could see that, like the process of their deconstruction in the music itself. Totally. And um, like that, that that song at the end, Fuck Who's Watching. Yeah. It's just so weird. Oh, and it just has a like kaleidoscopic keyboard riff. And then it's just like a house kick. And then it just, again, it it slows way down. Mm-hmm. And then right back and it just. Do, 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 it do. feels like it's so weird. It definitely has a drug quality to it in totally. a sense. Totally. Like, if you took mushrooms and were on uh, Adderall or something. Yeah. Like, terrible combination of cocktail drugs. And just had an alternation of intense highs and disgusting lows where you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, do you feel dirty, like, listening to it? And I think it's actually affected my consciousness a little bit. By that, I mean, I don't perceive music the same way as... Because I've listened to them so much, because mm-hmm. I love them so much. And it's I, I think, actually, Death Grips has a drug-like quality because it is addictive. Because once you get it, it's you you're it's gonna all you want you want to listen to it like nothing else well not nothing but it might take a minute for you to get back into the regular music of of like regular hip-hop or regular whatever by regular i mean a less extreme version of it oh totally because death grips has such a very unique sound that you just can't get it anywhere and you just you have to go back to their and it's, it's great that they released so much already yeah because they really haven't been around that long and they've released so many albums and so many mixtapes and EPs and like instrumentals and, and everything. I mean, they're they're so diverse. Because I mean, like some albums we didn't mention, like they have Fashion Week, which is a f- totally instrumental album. Oh yeah, that's um, right. It was an instrumental one too. Yeah, and yeah. and actually that one's really funny too because that was right before they released the second half of the Powers That Be, and that album was called Jenny Death, right? The second half. Yeah. So the album Fashion Week, all the instrumental tracks, the letter, they're just fashion. Oh, week, that's right. Letter, whatever. So it starts. It actually spells out Jenny Death when. Yeah. Which is the thing that I kept on getting posted on Death Grips fan it was forums. Just a meme at that point. Death Grips when or no? Um, Jenny Death Jenny when. Jenny Death when. Jenny. Death, and so like they're like, all right, fuck it. We're gonna make a weird instrumental album and just put it out and name every song. So then you it know. spells. <laughs> I forgot about that. Like Dude, they're it like just out. trolling their fans. Like oh, you're man. not. We're not giving you the album you want yet. So back off. You know. God, Jenny Death is good. I just to like accelerate the progression of Death Grips. So yeah, you had uh, Nola Deep Le- Deep Web, which pulled back the instrumentals, focused on MC Ride's vocal work, which again. And doing that showed that he wasn't just a one-trick pony, that he could do yep. lyrical, strictly vocal-driven work. Like, he was legit. He wasn't just hiding under the instrumentals. They deconstruct themselves with government plates, get some weird, strange experimental grooves going, and the instrumentation on the album's nuts. As a musician, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first part of Powers That Be, totally interesting how it, it was very unique in how it focused on the sampling, but it felt like the first time that they weren't doing anything that was totally distinct from the mm-hmm. rest of their work other mm-hmm. than the sampling. But Jenny Death, oh, that first introduction yeah. of guitars with their music was so good. Yeah, they turned in, I think with that album, they made a band out of it, I guess yeah. you could say. It felt like a punk rock or, or whatever rock. Um, and and the, I think one of their hardest hitting songs is on Jenny Death. And I think that's the powers that be, which is, of oh, course, yeah. it's just the most uh it just and it, i think that's like i think that's like their the song if you read their lyrics um i think like ah oh man i almost want to read them because i want to i want to express how good 
the la- but the last thing that he says on it, I think this would be a good way to like summarize it. Uh, why why am I not? What's going on here? Powers that be lyrics. Yeah, dude, that God, that album just has such an amazing sense of like their their electronic production perfectly complemented uh, MC Ride's shouting and just how unrelenting he was but when you throw in electric guitars into the mix and just add that element of and uh, uh previously existing aggressive musical style it was like two of my favorite things just became one and so much of the guitar work mixed with his shouting just worked i mean yeah. i was i was so in love with death grips and so in love with punk rock and hard guitars that when he put the two together i was like this is what i need yeah that's probably why i think that uh bottomless pit is one of my okay. favorites because those I'm two sure. opening tracks are outstanding mm. I'm trying to figure. Shit, sorry. Here, I got that for you. Did you hear what Siri just said? Did you accidentally summon me? What are you, the devil? <laughs> sorry, I was on accident. Siri is the devil. She scares me. Uh, she's creepy. It's always listening. Yeah, like at the very end, it's like the instrument instrumentation at the end ends, and it's like, no, I ain't shit, and I like that. You want a statement? I'm like, what's that? Or why is that? Your parasite showing. That's not my bad. Your bad's pathetic. Your bad's your price tag. Your bad's embedded in your lives in a white flag, a sterilized white flag, born, bred, and buried in it. Wears you like a cherry finish, keeps you valuable and shiny. You're a shiny clown to me, and the powers that be. <sighs> He's just like saying, God. just a, it's just, it's just a big old fuck you to the i think i think it's a fuck you to to everybody but it's a fuck you to the culture because he's like you know the powers that be it's like i think that 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 line the powers that be and that gets referenced in that song obviously multiple times but it's like the uh, the the powers that be reside and you know we think of the powers that be we think of like the elite the established political the the media the oh totally the dominant you know group of people that's controlling all the things well their values are in us and we embody them the powers that be are running through me or run you know um this idea that we are the parasite and we are the problem and yeah. we're pretending that we're not i don't know that's kind of my interpretation of it a bit which is to say that you know because a lot of it's about like you are the scum of the fucking earth and we all are mm-hmm. like that song in the new album flies uh, the, oh, yeah. the you know vom- I, uh, flies vomit me and i vomit fly- or something like he's basically saying like i am the vomit of flies exactly and he's just like, I am the lowest of the low, the scum, I'm the vomit of flies. I think that's the feeling of that whole album, too. Like, right down to the album cover, it just feels scummy it's and gross. gross. Oh, that album cover is gross. Unsettling. It's like, I looked, I was like, oh. <laughs> and it fits it so perfectly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very grimy. I love, I, I think the thing I liked most about that album is that it went from focusing strictly on hip-hop instrumentation to more electronic instrumentation. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of... Like, like interesting jazz and experimental oh yeah and there's jazz yeah there's all these they weird put, they had a fucking jazz song on that uh, was, when that happened i was just like uh, i was like so good. Whoa. they can do anything i know it's, it was weird i was that, that song the fear is so it's like the most unsettling jazz song you probably ever hear absolutely um but uh what was i gonna say shit sorry i cut you off no I was just... it's okay but um yeah the yeah, the year of the snitch just it just embodies the the gra- oh I was gonna say prior to the release of that album they released a mixtape it's like a thirty minute mixtape called 
<laughs> uh, steroids super mix or something. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Gabber. Yeah. And Gabber, I didn't know what this was, but it's a it's a particular subgenre of, of house music and, and I think it's particularly popular in England. Yes. And it's like a club scene thing. And it's like really fast-paced RPM, like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it's kind of like drum and bass in terms of just high tempo. But not so much like... Yeah, but like that mixtape embodies that sound. And I think that when I see these like kind of mixtapes they drop every so often between major studio releases, it's like they're giving you an idea of like, this is the journey we're on right now. This is what we might explore in the next album. That's a great point. Those EPs, like they always kind of feel like a little bit of a a hint of what direction they're playing with before they come out with a fleshed out album. They're like, yeah. this is kind of the sound that we're interested in right now. Yeah. And I love that. I love that they're willing to incorporate so many different genres and ideas into their album and, and somehow they just make it work. Anyway, I just personally, I, I, I think we've been talking for a little while. Personally, I just wanted to discuss death grips because I'm such a dorky fanboy. Yeah. And actually one of my i'm gonna just random memory and an early episode from like like episode 30 something and in that episode i think i talk about some of my internal existential crises i was going through at the time but one thing i mentioned as i was just just with my friend herson telling a story to him about how i went to the first death grips concert and i had just gotten back from a wedding my sister's wedding um in connecticut so i just flew into salt lake city he picked me up we went to their concert and, bef- and I hadn't smoked weed in a few days. And so I was really low tolerance. And he just gave me a bowl when I got yeah. in the car. And we just got fucking lit. It was so <laughs> high. But like paranoid high. Like I was like, oh no. Like I haven't been this high in a long time. Yeah. And so let me get in line. Oh man. You know, and we actually went to the same venue. Um, What's it called? The Complex? The Complex. Yeah. And, um, and it was a different part of that venue. Because the first show was in the smaller. But it was really cool. It was perfect for what they were doing. But anyway, we were in line, and all these, like, mostly white, kind of hipstery nerd dudes with, like, Danny Brown t-shirts and Death Grips t-shirts and all these, like, alt um, underground kind of rock, not rock, um, indie uh, hip-hop and all this shit. And everybody was just being nerds, just talking about... Oh, I heard Andy Moore and or I heard Death Grips did this or I heard oh I read this mag. <laughs> they never do interviews, and I'm like, that sounds like me. Yeah. And I had this existential. I'm like, I'm just like them. Oh no. And I was thinking like, I'm just as bad as everyone. Else. And I had this whole like, like anxiety stoner existential trip while in line for Death Grips. But I yeah. cal- I calmed down once I got in there. I was no, like, no, I know what you fine. mean. I'm fine. Okay. That feeling of where you feel like you, you have a sort of aloofness or like you're, yeah, you're a stupid real fan. arrogance. Yeah. Like I actually get them and I don't take them too seriously, but I, but I get them. Yeah. And then there's all these dorks around me that are basically the same as me in a lot of ways. Um, and I was just super like, um, again, I was super high. So it was, you know, different state of mind, but I tend to get in these like extremely introverted, where I almost feel like my, my spirit left my body and mm. I was looking at everything from a meta, you know, perspective, like, I don't know, it was silly, but anyway. But it was very distinct. That sticks in your brain as like yeah. a... So anyway, but being a fan of Death Grips, I just wanted to point, I don't know why I had to bring that up, but the thing I wanted to point is that if you figure out why they're good, and this is everybody's personal thing, you might you might not get it the first time, mm-hmm. and if you're listening to this, you're like, why the fuck is Patrick doing an episode on music? I mean, whatever. Um... It's because I love them so much and because it's a journey that I love being on because like any of your favorite music projects, it's fun to see how somehow this combination of 
three people in this band are able to make something that I've never ever I don't think anybody could ever reproduce yeah and it connects with you in such a special way I think that the the feeling of death grips is one of the things I like most because it's something that I don't know how I would have experienced or felt otherwise because that doesn't come naturally to me yeah like you and I don't listen to like hardcore angry music really yeah and yet death grips is the exception to the rule exactly somehow like I don't connect with the with the mentality of like angry hardcore music or like incredibly self-hating pop punk which were two of the genres that were big whenever i was growing up i just mm-hmm. didn't connect with that emotionally i didn't get it all those screamos and yeah. the kids the kids that would like you know bang their head on the microphone and like be <laughs> yeah. super dramatic on stage and I'm like, like i don't think i moshed until i was 20 i was like i don't understand the appeal of this yeah and i and i, I stay away from mosh pits but this last death grip show i got kind of close in the middle of it i remember actually because when we all went together I remember I was like, all right, I need to do this. Like, I just need to get in the crowd. So I pushed my way in there. And um, I remember I was like, I was counting my breath almost. Like I was meditating yeah. almost in the state because I'm like, this is really claustrophobic. There's a lot of bodies pushing up against me right now. And I feel like I could lose control. And then I, and then I sensed that when they moved from one song to this other song, I'm like, I got to get out right now. Yeah, you do a song. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. And I'm like, I know what's going to happen. So I was like, I got to get out because people are going to lose their shit. Because people get really violent. Yeah. People lose their, they start punching and waving arms and elbows and knees. And, and and it's just like, okay, I'm not all about that. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that's the thing about being at a concert is you want to be in that. It's, I don't know. I got to find a balance somehow. I just don't want to get punched in the face, I guess. Oh, yeah. No, it's so fun to feel. I mean, that's part of why we love dance is it's the, the ability to express what music does to our body through movement. Mm-hmm. And I think that moshing is definitely a very primal form of dance where it's just the especially with aggressive music or music mm-hmm. where it you want to fuck shit up like you you do that and it feels it, it's very synergic when you're doing that with your body when you're pushing against other people when you're getting pushed around to a song like fucking get got mm-hmm. i mean you just it clicks you're like everything about this my whole body's in this experience now yeah. and it's super fun but yeah then you run the risk of when you get yeah. elbowed in the face and your nose breaks and it is really fun also doing the concerts just because they play their whole discography i mean they not everything but they'll they'll just mix it up you'll just get a song from no love deep web thrown yeah. in with government plates all like songs that you're like i don't know they could per- even perform this live and yet yeah. they're doing it you know and or it's like a weird middle track or b-side where you're like holy like i know this song but it's not like the first song i'd listen to when i pull up jenny death i remember i think it was uh uh, like a wheel, not like a wheel. Um, was it feels like a wheel? Feels like a wheel. It yeah. might have been one of those songs that was just weird instrumental that they just put in the middle of their songs. You just see Ride just kind of dancing on stage. <laughs> He's just into it, and he looks like a glistening black snake just oh slithering God. around like on stage. And he's got all these tattoos all over him, and he's just super almost. And he's just like waving his body, and he's just like infecting you. And oh my gosh! Uh, it was great. Power of performers, dude. Watching people, a single person, and how they carry themselves on a stage, and seeing how that affects a, just a mass of people. Yeah, that was. Oh, I I think about the performance a lot. And as a musician, I love Death Grips musically, but I also think that Death Grips severely influenced my mentality on physical composure and performance, like mm-hmm. how they just totally embody how intense they were with their with his physicality particularly mc ride but also um the power of noise and unpredictability in music is Mm. so big to me now like if there's one thing i pulled away from this discography it's that a i love death grips and i'm super excited to be able to listen to uh whatever they come out with next everything Mm. about their discography has been so exciting to listen to Mm -hmm. but b um anytime i listen to other kinds of music 
when there's not an element of chaos or noise, then it feels like it's a little bit too structured, a little too sterile. Mm-hmm. And if there is, I appreciate it so much more. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I ever had a taste for that until now. But, like, whenever you have unpredictable strangeness or uh, cacophony or um, dissonance to music, mm-hmm. before I used to feel like it ruined what was supposed to be very perfectly structured. But now yeah. I just, I crave it. I think you are you are a perfectionist. And I yeah. think I think your struggle with stress and with all the things you're doing is I think you have to I'm, I'm not I don't I want to speak for you or say what you need to do I, like I know what I'm you know but there is like you you have an idea of what you want but I think if things don't fit neatly into the boxes you've created for it you can get really stressed out totally and I think if anything Death Grips can teach you that there can be a real richness in the chaos and you can yeah. actually structure chaos. It sounds really strange, but there's an order. Like that's the thing is that we talk about when people listen to death grips, it's abrasive and it's confusing. And you're like, I don't know if I like this. I don't like it at all. But then there's a point where it is that funny thing where it clicks. It's like yeah. an epiphany happens. You're like, Oh shit. There I is an order. To this. There's an order to this. They're geniuses. You yeah. know? <laughs> and you don't get that at first, but that's why I wanted to do this, just talk about this, because it's my favorite thing, and I don't have a chance to really discuss it on my regular podcast episodes. It's like, oh yeah, climate change is happening. Oh, by the way, my favorite Death Grip song, you know, it's just like, it doesn't come up. <laughs> yeah. If anything, I can maybe sneak it into the introductions, like, in the music that I put in the beginning. Um, but oftentimes, Death Grips is so weird that it doesn't quite fit with what I'm trying to do with the podcast. So exactly. I just wanted to do an episode discussing my favorite uh, music project. And, um, and I, yeah, the... You're the, so let me just ask you this before we wrap it up. So you're the snitch mm-hmm. that you released it a couple weeks ago. I mean, like you, I know you were writing little mini reviews of each album. So where, where does that one fit in your idea? Like, do you, I mean, I'm sure it's not your favorite, but it's right. definitely like something you've thought about. Like, how do you, how would you describe that album and in, in your yeah. perspective? Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll put it two ways just um, by itself. I think that that album the thing that I like the album most uh, about that album most compared to any of the other albums is that it is it's very playful and very weird mm-hmm. and I think that more than any other album it was the one where I was sort of just shaking my head like what the fuck are they doing <laughs> yeah like I was so impressed and so um, I was grinning a lot while listening to this album because even after listening to six albums of Death Grips this album more than any of their other albums uh through so many left field things that I was giddy with how different and weird it was. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'll always appreciate about this album is that it's not as straightforward as uh, bottomless pit, which is my favorite one, mm-hmm. but um, it is absolutely the most exciting, I think, because it just feels like anything could happen and just about everything did. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what's super special about it. And if I had to pick like a favorite track off of it, I really love, I mean, Black Paint is oh, yeah. such a great track, but it feels the most like Death Grips. But I actually really loved uh, the horn section, Ha 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 and Shit Show, as like a three-parter. Mm-hmm. Like it just, again, it throws you into so many different feelings and vibes yeah. that I didn't know what to expect. And I loved it. Yeah. It was so much fun. And oh, yeah, the, uh, I think it was The Fear was the jazz song. I yeah. was so stoked about that i think their last their last song disappointed I, it's not my favorite necessarily on the album but mm-hmm. that one i go to over and over again because i i think it's really just one thing death or uh, ride screams on that album or that excuse me ride screams on that song in a way i've never heard him scream before hmm. he goes why me oh why? yeah oh totally just like i can't even do it i'm not even gonna just don't even do it justice but he just it just almost like just, just scares you like oh shit like what like he just screams it in and that's what i love again is it's like i think he's figuring out like how can i 
scream in a unique way this time yeah <laughs> how can i do what i've been doing for again seven albums now and still like scare yeah. the shit out of somebody with a scream yeah. that's different and i think in your this uh, the snitch as well is with Wright's vocals he he goes on both ends. like he does the things he did say with with the first half of powers that be which is a lot of it is um almost like a uh what's the word i'm thinking spoken word you know yeah. very low key like, and you're just like oh lyrically and his his rhythm is good yeah and then he does that and the screaming angry just you know bellowing thing that we all have come to love him for yeah. so he's able to, so it's like they, they just they're doing everything in that album it's weird did you notice the trap influence on the first track too uh, yeah. the very Migos like uh, ad-libbing mm-hmm. like there's a little bit of like that groove kicks in and he's saying shit and there was that call and response was like oh my god they're using like trap yeah. fucking ad-libs in a Death Grip song trap influenced trap influenced hi-hats <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's it's fun so I I just wanted to do a fanboy uh, episode on this subject so anyway let me let me end it if I could yeah, no, could of I course. end it with uh, yeah I just have to leave in like a half an hour yeah but you're so, good you're so good. like two minutes i just want to know um if i can two things five songs off the top of your head that you'd consider like your favorite death grip songs not the most favorite but five that you love Let me look at their discography so i can think and while you look i'll tell you mine if i had to pick just off the top of my head songs that i would just adore um probably it uh the fever AA just every time fucking yeah. crushes it for me and hacker such a perfect I, it's i think the only time still that they've done like house mm-hmm. like a like a dance beat that i just adore i adore spikes such yeah. a great just spikes 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 and fucking uh giving bad people good ideas mm-hmm. destroys my brain and every time i listen to no love just that initial mm-hmm. this beat down madness chaos in the brain like, yeah I just, oh I lose it's my shit over that so good um i'm looking at 80808 off yep. of bottomless pit i don't know what it is about that song but i it's it really addictive and i really like that one a lot let's see it's so ex-military oh and three bedrooms in a good neighborhood yeah that one's <sighs> really good too um guillotine i think just because i i don't know i still it's formative. even though it's the yeah it's formative but it's still like just everyone loves it for yeah. a reason i think it's good i think it's really good um so that's two I think the first time i heard asha oh. talk about death grips was when she did guillotine she just was she's the only yeah yeah we were for someone we were who doesn't work. really like death grips for, as much you know she's because it's, it's <laughs> accessible it comes, it comes. i mean people can do a lot of things with it and i really like that yeah uh let's see off of the money store i would say almost i don't know i almost like i think i almost say system blower just because uh, it's so like yeah. i want to i want to i want to you know blow up shit after i listen to it or something hell yeah um off of no love deep web i would say oh i know um hunger games Ooh. because that one has the weirdest instrumental and ride is again because on the album he's very vocally present and that's some of my favorite lines in that song. My mood lives on that swing set. Like, yeah. Just, uh. And he just like, oh, and then, and then he's like, you need to, you know, I got the nasty in the taxi. You need a yeah. lift. You can sit between the backseat and my, my dick. dick. And I had uh. to think about it after. I was like, what? Like, oh yeah, that's great. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my, some of my favorites. I listen to that a lot. And well, how many is that? Like four or three? I don't know. I, I lost count. I'm just loving it. Let me just say one more. Um, <laughs> Shit. 
maybe off their most recent album, I would point to... Uh, fuck, why can't... What is going on with my phone right now? There we go. I'm sorry. It's being sassy. Yes. Sassy phone. So, so you and your red Target brand <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> uh, well, you're the one that wears an Apple uh, <laughs> hat, so I want to talk shit about it. No. Um, I think maybe off of that, I would say either disappointed or Ooh, that's a good one. or actually i almost say death grips online is online just because, track is i don't know why but that one is just it's like it's really it kind of feels like what they did with hacker off of the on the end of the money store yeah which is this like really fat like uh, it's like a kind of a clubby vibe going and but i don't know i, I really like that song has a lot blippy strings in it too yeah it's weird so oh, i would go with that one and maybe. streaky grew on me too i remember when that track first came out i was like i wasn't sure but it in fits the context, in the album really well it does mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Last question before I, before you leave to work. Um, favorite of the seven albums from worst to best. How would you order them? Oh. oh. You look at it for a sec. I'll tell you where mine's at. Okay. So least favorite, probably the first part of Powers That Be. Again, not bad, but just my least impact. The first one you said? The yeah. first half of that? Okay. And then um, after that, I would probably say government plates i like it but i still think that it's it's the most experimental and not the most consistent like i would pick a track to listen mm-hmm. off of it then probably probably then ex-military mm. then jenny death no uh i would probably sorry let me rephrase that i would say um <laughs> shoot it's super important <laughs> first part of power is that be then government plates then no love deep web then jenny death no, then ex-military, then Jenny Death, and the top three would be Money Store. No, You're the Snitch, then Money Store, then Bottomless Pit. Okay. Yeah. That's a good that's a good list. So from the bottom, I guess. Actually, you know, I would say it's somewhere between... Um, actually, I don't like Jenny Death as much. <laughs> I think I'd put that near the bottom with maybe government plates. So those two near the bottom. Um, and then I would put maybe the first half of the powers that be and then i would do i'm trying to keep track of these yeah Dude, I, I, seven I, my head I know I, thought. I would probably do like ex-military and then uh I'd probably put bottomless pit and then no love deep web no <laughs> you're the snitch no love deep web the money store and bottomless pit might be at the top. Yeah. There's two, I think money store and bottomless pit might be near the top. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I'll say the top three. I'll just say the top three, uh, no love deep web, the money store and bottomless pit. I but think the snitch is your number four. Yes, I think so. Hell yeah. 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 I think, and I'm basing it off of not that they're necessarily better or worse. It's a matter of listenability. Like, mm-hmm. cause I don't think I can listen to say you're the snitch over and over again say i could with bottomless pit like right. to me that's kind of the thing that does it is is i get that they were doing different things with each one and that's what i admire them for is they're like we're not gonna make it catch even album and that's fine mm-hmm. like that's great go for it but if i could just sit and put an album on it would be either the money store no love deep web or bottomless pit i Hell could put yeah. those on loop and i would just be fine i've been listening to nothing but bottomless pit for like the past week it's been so much fun it's <laughs> really really fun yeah and like others have pointed out bottomless pit is like them returning to the territory they already carved out with money store mm-hmm. but they like refined it 
Exactly. Like it's kind of cool seeing that happen because mice were still excellent, but it's like, oh, let's see if we can take the tools we had cultivated and used in that and make something even more. Yeah, you know? the production was so much better, and the guitar work that they threw in there it's from like, Jenny Death. Like, how could it be so chaotic and in dissonant? sounds could still be so crisp you know what i mean like there's a real refinement of sound totally. it's weird it's weird how they could do that like yeah. they could make something that sounds so chaotic and jarring and yet it's like oh this is really high quality <laughs> like production here like, <laughs> it sounds great yeah oh, i love it so yeah. much so anyway jordan thank you for coming over to my hot apartment turning off the fan and hell yeah so we don't have sound uh noise in the background anyway yeah thanks man appreciate it i love Absolutely. doing these things with you Thank Hopefully you. we can do more, find more topics to discuss. Hell yeah, I'm down to that. Cool. All right, thanks.